Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 58 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading Acts chapter 26 today and our focus is on why God would save a jerk like Paul. So this is a daily 10-ish minutes a day podcast where we dig into God's word one chapter at a time and discuss it. I want to invite you to share the show with your friends on social media and in person and also to check out our website, Bible2021.com. So you might have recoiled a little bit from the title of today's show, Paul, the apostle, the guy who wrote a lot of the Bible, a jerk. Well, of course, the Bible never calls him a jerk, but I think the case can be made that he was a vehement enemy of Jesus and Christianity early on. And some of the things he did in that capacity as an enemy of Christianity really does qualify him as a jerk. In previous episodes, we've touched on a few things that made Paul a good witness. His ability to speak several languages, for instance, his single-minded focus, his writing ability, and his courageous fearlessness. And all of those are practical reasons that God may have rescued and saved Paul. But the fact remains that something really quite extraordinary happens in the book of Acts. God takes the primary, number one, most aggressive enemy of Christianity out there, at least the one that we know of, and turns him into the most gifted spreader and proponent of Christianity that's probably ever lived. Don't believe me that Paul was something of a jerky kind of guy? Well, consider a small part of our passage today in his own words. Acts 26, 9-11 through 11 says, Paul himself says, I was convinced that it was necessary to do many things in opposition to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I actually did this in Jerusalem, and I locked up many of the saints in prison since I had received authority for that from the chief priest. When they were put to death, I was in agreement against them. In all the synagogues, I often punished them and tried to make them blaspheme. Since I was terribly enraged at them, I pursued them even to foreign cities. Hey, that's pretty rough, Paul. He put Christians in prison, a lot of them. He suggested they be put to death and either testified against them in their capital trials or signed off on their deaths somehow. He tried to make Christians blaspheme God, which honestly seems really underhanded and devious and also just horrible considering that blasphemy was a capital offense to try to get somebody to commit blasphemy. Not a godly or good thing to do. He even went out of the country to pursue Christians and persecute them. Why? Well, he tells us very clearly in verse 11, for whatever reason, he was enraged with Christians, not just a little enraged, and that's already a strong enough word, but terribly enraged. Elsewhere, Paul notes that he himself was a blasphemer and arrogant and hateful, a chief of sinners. Well, let's read our chapter, listen to Paul's testimony, and consider the grace of God that saves vicious sinners like Paul and me. Acts chapter 26, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible, Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hand and began his defense. I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I am to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially since you are very knowledgeable about all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. All the Jews know my way of life from my youth, which was spent from the beginning among my own people and in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time, if they are willing to testify that according to the strictest sect of our religion, 
I lived as a Pharisee, and now I stand on trial because of the hope in what God promised to our ancestors, the promise our twelve tribes hope to reach as they earnestly serve him night and day. King Agrippa, I am being accused by the Jews because of this hope. Why do any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? In fact, I myself was convinced that it was necessary to do many things in opposition to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I actually did this in Jerusalem, and I had not locked up many of the saints in prison since I had received authority for that from the chief priests. When they were put to death, I was in agreement against them. In all the synagogues, I often punished them and tried to make them blaspheme. Since I was terribly enraged at them, I pursued them even to foreign cities. I was traveling to Damascus under these circumstances with authority and a commission from the chief priests. King Agrippa, while on the road at midday, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those traveling with me. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice speaking to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I asked, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. But get up and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose to appoint you as a servant and a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a share among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Instead, I preached to those in Damascus first and to those in Jerusalem and all the region of Judea and to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works worthy of repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and were trying to kill me. To this very day, I have had help from God, and I stand and testify to both small and great, saying nothing other than what the prophets and Moses said would take place that the Messiah would suffer and that, as the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim light to our people and to the Gentiles. As he was saying these things in his defense, Festus exclaimed in a loud voice, You're out of your mind, Paul. Too much study is driving you mad. But Paul replied, I'm not out of my my mind, most excellent Festus. On the contrary, I'm speaking words of truth and good judgment. For the king knows about these matters, and I can speak boldly to him, for I am convinced that none of these things has escaped his notice, since this was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you believe. Agrippa said to Paul, Are you going to persuade me to become a Christian so easily? I wish before God, replied Paul, that whether easily or with difficulty, not only you, but all who listen to me today might become as I am, except for these chains. The king, the governor, Berenice, and those sitting with him got up, and when they had left, they talked with each other and said, This man is not doing anything to deserve death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been released if he had not appealed to Caesar. So, we're so used to Paul being, you know, saved and a Christian, chief spokesman for Christianity in the Bible, all that kind of stuff, that we no longer marvel quite enough at the amazing grace that saved a wretch like Paul. It is such an amazing and unexpected move by God to confront and transform one of the very bitterest enemies of Jesus. Paul himself marvels about about this fact in his letter to Timothy, 1 Timothy 1, 14 through 16. He says, the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. 
Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. But I received mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might demonstrate his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Fascinating. Consider what a great example of the good news of Jesus dying for sinners Paul is. Paul writes about it in Romans 5.8. He says, He says it, and he not only says it, he lived it while we were still helpless. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. John Newton, who one of my heroes, a former slave trader, saved also by the wonderful grace of Jesus, sees in Paul a wonderful pattern and exemplar of his future graces and intentions to to save many enemies and lost wanderers. Paul made such a powerful spokesman for the gospel in part because he was such a powerful and unlikely beneficiary of that wonderful and undeserved good news. Newton says, The Lord in showing mercy to Paul had a farther view than to himself. He designed him to stand as a pattern how he would deal with others. Had all the apostles and ministers been like Nathaniel, who had no guile, no deception in him, they might have preached the gospel, but could not have been such a striking instance of its power as Paul and those who, like him, have been stopped and changed in the height of open rebellion. God can save anybody his enemies, those at the height of his rebellion. So don't give up praying for loved ones that are running from God right now and are seeming God-haters. Because if God did it with Paul, and he did, God can do it with the person you're praying for as well. He did it for me, this old rebellious heart. He transformed, praise his name. I emphasize this topic, which we've touched on a few times before, not to point out that Paul was a jerk before Christ so much, but to simply remind us all of the wonderful meaning of grace, undeserved favor. In Paul and several others in scripture, we have a rich picture of grace to warm our own hearts with the hope of grace. Well, let's end the show with our verse for February, Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.